Hey, I'm Michael Dorinda. And I'm Jake Bennett. And welcome to episode 46 of the North Meets South web podcast. We just did a um, 20% time countdown click. <laughs> Except for they usually, they usually start recording it. and then they say they're one and a two and a three and a yeah. clap. They usually clap, they clap. to kind of we sync got, everything. Yeah. We got none of that. None of it. We don't do that. We don't do any of that clapping stuff around here. We just start talking and then you line it up and we call it good. I have noticed, I will say this. I have noticed sometimes if the audio gets a little bit off, it sounds like I'm a total jerk. It sounds like I'm cutting <laughs> people off. Talk over the top like, of me. <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, 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 I know. Oh, yeah. So some of that's true. Some of that's, I, I do probably talk over people on occasion. <laughs> it just sounds worse sometimes when the audio is off. That's all right. Uh, that's all what right. What can you do? Nothing you can do. Not a lot. No. So let us talk about what is going to be happening soon in a couple days here. And that is Laracon US. The hype is real for this year's Laracon. The hype is real. Man, I think this is like the most excited I've seen Taylor and slash Abigail mm. on Twitter about this. They were both like, oh my word, we have butterflies. I can't like, can't wait. Like I've got to launch this thing. I'm so excited. So yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm stoked. It's going to be a pretty big deal. Yeah, I mean, Nova is going to be huge. Like, Taylor's really excited about that. And a friend of the show, David Hemphill, has been uh, plugging along, helping him out with that. So it'd be cool to to finally get that out in the open. They both seem really excited about what that's going to do for Laravel developers, which will be cool to see only a few days away. Uh, For those of you like me who are not going to be in the room where it happened, Freik van der Herten, our good friend, from Sparsi will be live streaming that event. And and luckily that'll be the, at the end of the day. So that'll be about eight o'clock in the morning for me. So hopefully I can catch nice. it before I go to work uh, nice. and see it live with with all of you lucky. What was it going to be? Something like 800 people at, at this year's Larry 850 Con? tickets. 850 yeah. tickets sold. It's yeah. huge. So it's going to be yeah. the biggest US Laracon yet. It uh, It's shaping up to be a big one. And, and Taylor tweeted today a, a photo of a suitcase. Did you see this? I didn't see it. No, it was a it's a photo of a suitcase, and it's loaded with uh, iPads, and there's some Switch games in there, and some Apple pencils, and um, there's some Home Pods in there, and a whole heap of other things, and and a mythical Laravel socks that didn't quite make it to Laracon US <laughs> last year. Were they supposed but there to? There is like half. Well, I think he only had like five pairs made up as samples. Oh, okay, okay. I think Yaz Yaz snagged a pair, and Taylor obviously had a pair. But uh, yeah, there's there's like half a suitcase full of socks this year. So I'm I'm hoping maybe a pair of those make it down under to that would be to awesome. in Sydney. Yeah. So that if nothing else, I can get my hands on a pair. <laughs> I'm looking to see here um, if I can find. It. Oh yeah, there it is. Please don't get lost. Oh yeah, wow. Yeah, well, he's got the um, the home pod. Yeah. Wow, you got some sweet stuff in You'd there. You'd almost want that suitcase insured on its own. Oh yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, he's got a couple iPads. He's got the he's got two home pods, lots of socks, lots of freaking socks. And it looks like something else. What is that? Oh, the Fuji film. The black the black box? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that? Yeah, digital camera of some description, I would imagine. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. There we go, man. So anyway, looks like he's got some pretty awesome prizes, which is pretty cool. That's going to be yeah. awesome. I wonder what they're for. Or, and, and also Titan, I think, is having a uh, code challenge. So The code um, challenge is happening again this year. We're yeah. not sure. Well, no, last year it was a typing challenge. Last year was a typing challenge. That's that's right. It was a typing challenge. There's a code challenge this year, right? Right. Exactly. So it's a little bit different. So they've got a really cool teaser site out there right now that's like counting down the days until Laracon. And um, it looks pretty awesome. Really, really good job by Keith Diamani. So I'm excited to see what that's going to be. That should be pretty cool. And yeah. I'm sure they'll have some prizes to give away as well. I'm trying to remember what they gave away last year. Was it an iPad Pro or something? Yeah, I think it was an iPad Pro that, that came out of that at the end. So, yeah, so that's pretty awesome. This is a cool yeah. page. So it's at challenge.titan.co, T-I-G-H-T-E-N. And it's got like a little git, uh, like a terminal thing on here. This is this is pretty cool. I hadn't actually looked at yeah, this it's pretty, before. Yeah, it's pretty delightful. Yeah, it's really neat. Um, trying to see if there was something that they did it with specifically. Some like cool class i don't know like some cool yeah library or if they just wrote it i don't know i think it's just looks just like view i reckon looks like they just wrote it yeah hmm very yeah. cool anyway very cool. anyway very very cool yeah it looks like they did a good job and i'm excited to see what's going to happen here so yeah that yeah. should be fun so we've got that going on all right what else we got going on here so we got the, the prizes and we got nova that's launching so nova for those of you who have not seen it yet Nova is a product of some sort that Taylor and David and I think Steve Sugar as well have been working on. Steve mm-hmm. Sugar was tweeting out some pictures that he's um, kind of been working on for like the marketing side of things or the design side of things. And so um, just like every year, Taylor always releases some big new thing. And this is a big new shiny thing that we're not really at all sure about. I think we've gotten a couple hints here and there. And uh Michael thinks he may have a good idea, but we're not going to spoil <laughs> anything. Michael, Mr. Michael no. Dorinda, always on the inside track. You know, <laughs> this guy, this guy, he just knows just the people ask to the talk questions. to. Yeah, that's right. You got to ask the questions. You got to, you know, grease the palms a little bit. You know, if you, mm. there's a, a familiar expression, grease the palms. Sort of. It's bribing. <laughs> it's bribery, right? I would, so I would, never, I would never bribe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I think it's going to be pretty cool, and uh, I think it'll be really useful for a lot of developers. So I'm really excited to see that. Okay, so a couple of things we wanted to talk about today. Um, before we get into the things we've been working on, let's talk real quickly about making the most of Laracon. So, Michael, you've been to two or th- yep. three? Two. I've been to two. Yep. Two. Two. Two Laracon US. Laracons. And so I've been to, let's see here, four. I've been to four. This will be my fifth. And so I wanted to just take a couple of minutes here to talk about the things that we've um, taken away from Laracon and kind of strategies that we use to get the most out of them while we're there. So I'm going to let you start off here. What's what's one tip that you have for getting the most out of Laracon? I think it's important to understand that as we said at the top of the episode, there are going to be 850 people in attendance and catering a conference and and putting some talks together that are going to appeal to 850 people is a near impossible task. Yeah, I think Taylor is really good at picking uh, speakers that 
you know, that, that have talks that are going to cover off a lot of what a lot of people in the community are interested in. But I also think that not every talk will be applicable to every person. And so the most important thing outside of the, you know, attending the talks, you know, you might not learn something from everything, but the hallway track, they call it, you know, getting out into the foyer or, or whatever the area outside of the main presentation area is and and speaking with other developers that are there people like you and me you know people that are building software people that are really passionate about laravel you know getting to to know them and making some friends and sort of you know really making connections with other people is probably the most valuable part of the conference for me because it gives you a sounding board for it gives you a sounding board for any ideas. Like once you're away from the conference, you may, you know, if you get stuck with something, you can hit them up on Telegram or Slack. You know, you, you meet these people face-to-face and people that you interact with on Twitter, perhaps, you actually get to meet face-to-face and, and go from there. So Thanks. I got your audio back. Sorry, I dropped okay, your cool. audio for a second. Yeah, that's right. So what I, what I picked up there, I, I, I dropped you at um, the hallway track, which I think is such a clever name that I, I never came up with that or never heard of that until you said something about that. But... <laughs> Yeah, the idea, and I, I wrote this down, is so kitschy. And like, this is something you'd see like on a mug that your boss would carry around at work. And I wrote this, <laughs> the best the best thing you will learn is other people's names. Aw, <laughs> isn't that sweet? <laughs> I do is, find that, it you know, it, it's been, it's so true that it's funny because like the very first conference I went to ever, the very first tech conference, it was uh, an event apart. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, an event apart. I have heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have a kind of a blog, a list apart. Anyway, it's like Jeffrey Zeldman mm-hmm. and Eric Myers and anyway, these big guys who have been around in the web forever. And the so there was a lot of talks there. And honestly, like 90% of them didn't apply at all to like what I was, what I was, where I was at in my career at that yeah. point. But I still keep in touch with the people that I met at that first conference. Which is so funny. Like we've gone such different ways. And like some of them were from California. They worked at Google. Like there was another friend that I had who lived in like Georgia. Another guy who lived in Chicago. Uh, It's just funny. Like those relationships really stick. So by far the best value I've I've ever gotten out of uh, Laracon is just getting a chance to meet other developers who are like-minded and and those those relationships have the longest benefit as well. Like so, while you may be inspired by a talk for a period of time, and you come back charged up and refreshed with new ideas, which is great, you can talk to those other developers for the entire year until you get back to Laracon the next year. Bounce ideas off of them. Hey, what do you think about this design pattern that I'm using here? Or hey, what do you think about this refactoring that I did? Or do you see a better way to do this? Right. Just though all those sorts of things that you have at your disposal when you have another developer who's like-minded, who's working on similar projects. Or you might meet somebody who's said, oh, I've worked on that thing before. Like for instance, there was a guy I know I met that um, had been working on like recurring payments sort of thing. And we both <laughs> shared a funny story how we screwed that up and like charged the same person like 10 times, you know, kind of thing. He's like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I've made that mistake before. So, you know, we've talked a couple of times about those sorts of things like, hey, how did you handle this edge case or, or whatever? So yeah, I would highly encourage you, you know, go in planning to get outside of your comfort zone a little bit. Talk to some people that you don't know. Uh, there's going to be plenty of people who are just kind of sitting by themselves. Maybe like it's their first time. Go out of your way and just say hi to them. Introduce yourself. Tell them where you're from. I mean, make small talk and, uh, you know, make a new friend. So yeah, I would highly encourage you to do that. 
Yeah, and this is something that we've talked about in years gone by, and it's something that um, that Matt Stauffer has championed. It's something that Matt Machuga uh, has championed as well. If you're an extrovert, like half of this podcast is, introduce <laughs> yourself to those people that are sort of standing on the side and they don't know how to break into the conversation. And not everyone will, will want to talk to you. You know, there might be someone who's just, having a bit of time to themselves because introverted people can get a bit overwhelmed by all of it. So introduce yourself. I find a good question that I heard as, as sort of an icebreaker is why are you here as opposed to what you do? Like what brought you to the conference? Because, you know, everyone pretty much that attends Laracon is a programmer. So what sure. you do is not, not in my opinion, the, the best question to ask. But why are you here? What brought you here is, is a good one. But try and make connections with with the people that that are at the conference, and and leave a gap. You know, if you're standing in a circle, people feel, you know, if if they walk past a group of people and all they see is people's backs, they're much less likely to to break into the conversation and and things yeah, like that's that. Good so, point. if you see someone kind of lingering around, welcome them in. You know, introduce yourself, get to know them, and and you know, it, I mean, the Laravel community is very welcoming, so. It's good for everyone. It's good for the soul. Um, and the other thing, and Taylor tweeted this out a little earlier on or yesterday, I think, and basically said, even if you don't learn anything new technically, try and take one skill back home with you that you can start applying straight away. There are great yeah. technical talks at the conference, but there will also be some amazing soft talks. So take even if you only take one thing away that you can start using straight away, I think that's that's a great great place to to leave Laracon so yeah so it's excellent I I was gonna say specifically I know that like typically you do live tweets when you're here in the U.S. have you found that that's yeah have you found that that's been helpful in like looking back and being able to like recap or or trying to remember what were the things that you thought were highlights have you found that helpful for yourself yeah so I I mean there was some issues with the live stream last year and I don't I think Taylor has come out and said like there will be no live stream this year at all so I'm kind of bummed. I hope someone picks that up and and does it this year. But for me, it's really good. And I, I put together a blog post from last year's talks and set up Twitter moments and stuff of all of those tweets for each of the individual speakers. And I actually had to refer back to one of them or a handful of them. And I, I went back to that blog post this year when I was engaging with someone to come and speak at Laracon AU in Sydney. That was like, oh, you know, I don't don't know PHP. I don't know if I'll be a good fit because I'm less technical. And I went back and I found uh, Justin Jackson's talk. I found Jack McDade's talk from last year and the year before. And for those of you that were in Louisville in 2016, Jack's talk was like, what was it? Wizards, lawnmowers and hovercrafts. Yeah. And I said, you know, you don't have to be technical as long as you tell a great story. So... It's always good to to refer back and and that for me, live tweeting it meant that I was able to absorb that information and also refer back to it, um, yeah. and and it's you know a good way for other people to to refer back to it as well, um, without you know because you get you get more of the the feel of the talk rather than because you know the speakers will post their slides but it's without the commentary around what's on the screen you don't you know you don't really take in much like you can just flick through 30 or 40 slides and go okay well that doesn't mean much to me so yeah um i I certainly found that useful Uh, i'm sorry to all of our listeners and anyone else who hears this that that will miss out on that this year 
maybe next year. Yeah, for sure. So for me, I think when I'm hearing these talks, it's difficult for me to both be engaged in note-taking and in listening actively at the same time, which is why I could never do like the live tweet thing. And just my brain can't handle both of those sorts of streams of consciousness at the same time. However, I do kind of scratch some notes down, like maybe in, uh, maybe in Sublime or something like that. I've literally never gone back and looked at those and been able to make any sense of them at all. Cause it's always like just, <laughs> you know, a tiny little like pull quote of like with something. So, uh, and also, you know, you have to understand too, these talks are designed more to inspire than to give you a comprehensive tutorial or, or, you know, understanding of the concept that they're yeah. presenting. It's more like, hey, I'm going to inspire you to show you what you could do with this. And now it's your job to take that home and go learn about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would say that, you know, scratch some notes down or whatever, that's fine. But a good practice or a good exercise that I found is just take one minute right after the talk is done and write like your highlight points of like what you learned. Like, what I learned and what I can do. Like those, if you just wrote those two things, that would be really helpful for you to refer back to. Cause like, man, those notes that you take, they're so hard to like come back to and digest. And there's going to be other people who are a lot better note, note takers that will take good notes at the, at the conference. Uh, so for me, that's yeah. something that's helped. Even if you only do that, just take like one minute, literally set a timer for a minute or, or look at the clock, take one minute and kind of write a summary and then what you can do with that information. And that that's your summary. Like don't put so much pressure on yourself for taking notes. It's just really hard to do for a lot of people, myself included. So there yeah. you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, just the last thing on Laracon. As I said, there is no live stream. The video, the the talks will be recorded and they will be released at some point. I think Taylor has said that he's going to try and get his announcement video out as quickly yeah, as that possible. Night, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So w- within a few hours, those of those of us who are not in attendance will won't be too far off the off the I don't know. You, you'll find uh, out within a few hours. Yeah. <laughs> Michael is having dad brain right now. This is a real yeah. thing. <laughs> uh, so let's take a quick hiatus from uh, Laracon stuff and talk about Eli. How's he doing? He's doing well. Something that I... The, I being a first-time parent, there is a whole lot of things you discover that they just don't tell you that are totally normal things. For example, newborns can go anywhere, depending on if they're bottle-fed or breastfed. They can go anywhere between, uh, I think it's four to five days if they're bottle-fed and eight to ten days if they're breastfed without pooping. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and picture this. When, like, when you don't poop for a couple of days, everything starts to get backed up and you can't get anything out the end and your stomach at that size is very small. So you can't get anything in through your mouth. And what little you do get in usually comes back out because there's nowhere for it to go. So you get very cranky because you're very hungry and you're waking up a lot to to eat, but you're only eating a little bit because you can't, you know, hold it down. So he's, he went three days without it. And it, that, that third night he was up like, every half an hour, every 45 oh. minutes. And like that, that killed both of us because we alternated. We thought, you know, if he's only going to sleep for a short period of time, then there's not much point in both of us getting up every half an hour because right. it doesn't work. And yeah. it's harder for, it's harder for Ree because she has to, 
um, feeding, but then she also has to to pump so that we've got you know milk ready for when she's sleeping or you know when I'm when I'm feeding him. And it means that, you know, she'll feed him. It'll take 20 minutes to feed him, then another 20 or so minutes to pump. And if he's only sleeping for half an hour, like she can't go back to sleep because he wakes back up again. So that was a very rough night. But for the most part, we sort of get one and a half, two, two and a half hours out of him uh, at a time, which is nice because it means that, you know, you can at least get some sleep, some semblance yeah, of sleep. Yeah, at least you can get a REM cycle in. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's bad when you start counting your sleep in REM cycles instead of hours. That's <laughs> yeah. a, that's how you know. That's how you know you're a you're yeah. a real parent now. <laughs> that's it. I think it takes an hour and a half. Is it an hour and a half or two hours, which is a full REM cycle? Mm. I think it's two hours. I think it's yeah about that. I think it's two hours. So anyway, okay. What else do we want to talk about today? I think we also wanted to talk about kind of what we've been working on. So what I've been working on at work has honestly been running around and figuring out things for everybody else. I have had so little time to actually do development recently. It's been painful. Mm. It has been painful. Mm. So hopefully I'll get a better handle on that soon. I'm trying to delegate some of that stuff to my other developer, but it's hard because like I have the most knowledge of the business yeah. and the requirements and the gotchas. And so as a result, what ends up happening is I do a lot of the, of the requirement gathering just because I'm aware of what, you know, what they are and who to talk to and whatever. He's been there almost two years now. So I'm going to shift, I'm, I'm shifting some of that to him. So we had a, a recent project where uh, we were going to develop an Electron app. Have you ever done an Electron or heard of Electron? I've heard of it, but never, yeah. never used it. Yeah. So it's like a Chromium little packaged up application. So mm-hmm. actually, let's see, Slack is, is on Electron, I think. And so Spotify. is... Uh, yeah, Spotify, yep, yep. and I think also GitHub Desktop. Like, there's a whole bunch of. Oh, and Adam is, is Adam I, on Electron? I think Adam, Adam's on Electron. I, I th- yeah, one Maybe of the Adam, Adam or, or VS Code. Code. I don't know. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, two. one of those. Anyway, so it's uh, you know, it uses JavaScript, no server side languages, of course, but it uses Node to handle all that stuff. So I basically told my other developer, I was like, okay, we need an Electron app. This is yours. This is all yours. Like literally <laughs> my code reviews on this is going to consist of me looking at it and being like, yep, looks good. Click approve. Done. Yeah. <laughs> and so I pretty much handed the entire thing to him and said, okay, build it. Go. You do whatever you need to do. Like ask me if you mm-hmm. have questions about what needs to be done. But other than that, don't ask me anything technical. Just figure it out. Like, yeah. So that was good. That was a relief. But yeah, so I don't have, I don't have much to speak on in, in the front of, um, of uh, kind of what I've been developing. I do have some things that I'm working on, but nothing exciting that you guys would care about <laughs> other than Jigsaw. So um, Jigsaw, maybe you could tell us, Michael, maybe so we, the people can get a break from me talking and get some of that sweet Aussie accent. What is Jigsaw? So if you've ever used these static site generators, um, I know there's like Hugo that's built for Go. There's Jekyll, which has traditionally been the default for GitHub pages for a long time. Uh, Jigsaw is a static site generator built for Laravel developers. Um, so it's basically built using uh, Laravel Blade. So you can use that sweet, sweet Blade syntax that you're all familiar with. Yes. And then you just uh, write all of like your pages and posts and things like that using Markdown. And then you can... Uh, it's got basically some YAML front matter that you put at the top for things like page titles and whether you're extending layouts and and things like that. So 
yeah, it's it's a nice way to to build up just a static site. Uh, it will compile all your assets down, and then you can just publish plain HTML to a server. You know, traditionally, you might put it on a Forge server if you've got one of those kicking around. Uh, another option is. Uh, as I said, with you know, you can put GitHub use GitHub Pages, so you can host just your uh, your static site on there for free as well. Yeah. So I've been working with that. So I think I talked about it a little bit on our other show, Laravel News Podcast. But uh, essentially, Ghost, which is the blog platform that I've been hosting this blog site on for the last four years, decided to increase their pricing to like you know. 500% of what I was paying before. So I said, no, thanks. See you later. Mm-hmm. So I converted it all to Jigsaw. And it was really fun. It was a super good experience. Uh, it makes it really easy for any Laravel developer coming in. You know, very simple, like blade syntax is all exactly what you're used to. So there's no new syntax to learn, which is always kind of the pain. You know, mm-hmm. when I'm looking to use one of these static site generators, it's like, Ugh, how do I do that? How do I do a for loop over each of these? And, uh, how yeah. do I, you know, there's all of that stuff. It also uses Laravel Elixir, or sorry, Elixir is well, the old the one. Choice. Laravel Mix. You can use it uses either Laravel or. Mix. It does. You do can. You can do either or, but it uses Laravel Mix. I think by default, and yeah. um, that's really good. So that's using Webpack and whatnot to compile your assets and everything. So JavaScript and and your SAS or your LAS, it will compile it, minify it, do any of the uh, versioning that you want on it, and then set it. You know, package it all up for you. So. That's really nice. It's set up out of the box, so that's gorgeous. And uh, they have these, so they have these things called collections inside there, which is really nice. Which isn't like Laravel collections, like collection pipeline stuff. It's like collections of like items that you can use inside inside there, which is awesome. So anyway, it's it's been really cool. Uh, and I'm actually digging into the docs right now. So I've, Keith Diamani and Matt Stauffer are actually the two that are maintaining it now. Adam Watham is the guy who built it. So I've been talking to Keith a little bit. And looking through the docs and kind of trying to tidy those up a little bit. The docs haven't been updated in quite a while, I think. And so some of them are incorrect as I was going through it. I was noticing that. And then there's uh, there's a couple gotchas. So I wanted to talk about this real quick. I'm hosting mine with GitHub pages right now, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. Uh, but the one thing that GitHub pages does, which was causing me some serious problems, is uh, it changes things if you are using a custom domain name. So cool thing, you can use a custom domain name to point to a GitHub pages, Mm -hmm. you know, on a repo that you have. And also they allow HTTPS now on those GitHub pages, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So the one thing that they do though, is when you, when you decide what custom domain name you want to use, they will put a new record or a new item in your GitHub pages branch, which is called CNAME. Yeah. And it's just, it's just a, a, um, file called CNAME and it just has in there your custom domain that you're going to use. And so that wasn't specified or clarified in the Jigsaw docs that was going to be there. And so as a result, I had to like wrestle with it to try and figure out how to get that to push to deploy. So anyway, uh, I'm, I'm going to work on the docs a little bit and kind of make that a little more clear. However, the mm-hmm. more straightforward route is actually to use Netlify. Netlify is a pretty awesome uh, service and uh, I talked to Adam Wathen about it, and he has like a one-line deploy script that just automatically compiles and pushes everything out to Netlify for him as soon as he pushes to any, you know, his master branch. So it just builds yep. it for him and pushes it out. So pretty mm-hmm. cool. You don't have to have a GitHub pages branch or anything. It just does the build step for you on the server and, and deploys it. So I'm going to add those steps to the docs as well. Mm. I'd be interesting to see what 
uh, you add and what Adam came up with, because I actually played around with it after we spoke about this on the Laravel News podcast, I, I played around with it and migrated my style guide from GitHub pages to Netlify. Um, and aside from having to set the PHP version, because Netlify will default to PHP 5.6, which is Good a bit point, yep. annoying. You know, you just set the PHP version as an environment variable and and off it went. So I'm going to record a video on how to get it set up because uh, you can basically go from not having anything, no no code, no repo, no Netlify account set up to having a site hosted on Netlify in less than 10 minutes. I kid you not. Like it's that it's, dead simple. And it's free, right? And it's free. And this is the most ridiculous thing. Like it's all CDN. It's all on CDN. So it's quick. It's available, you know, highly available around the world. Uh, it costs nothing for like the basic static hosting component of it. Um, and then there's a whole lot of add-ons that you can do. Like forms, for example, you can add a, a Netlify attribute to a form tag and it will capture anything that's in that form for you. Um, and wow, even that's really? free for 100 submissions per month. Wow. So, uh, there's a whole bunch of other things that that are paid add-ons, but the, the the hosting itself is is currently free. So definitely check it out. Um, I I will put this video together in the next day or so and and share it on uh, on Twitter because um, I mean <laughs> I I presented on it. We were supposed to do like a five to ten minute show and tell thing at at our PHP meetup on Thursday, and I ended up getting sidetracked because. Uh, I ended up explaining what Jigsaw was and explaining like how to set up GitHub and things like that for for some of our newer members at the meetup. And uh, so it ended up taking me like, I don't know, 25 minutes or so to to go through it all. But so, um, yeah, basically I reckon start to finish from like opening and creating a new folder on localhost, like on my computer in my dev environment to publishing a, a site on Netlify, I reckon. I can get it done in another 10 minutes, which would be interesting because I, I can't edit this video then because, you know, it has to be real time. So yeah. that'd yeah. be, that'd be good go. fun. So you'll, you'll catch all of my muck-ups, I'm sure, which no one ever <laughs> hears on the That's podcast. The there are no muck-ups on, on that. So, yeah, look, look Unless for that they're in the mine, next couple of days. In which yeah. case you leave them in. Well, I did joke with Rhea. I said, I think one time I'm just going to leave them all in for Jake and see, see, yeah. see if he learns. <laughs> and see my follower count just drop. Because people are going to be like, oh, he is actually an idiot. Like he actually does not know anything. (laughs) Yeah. So it was funny because I was talking to Adam about Jigsaw, you know, just had some questions and stuff. And he's like, dude, you just hosted on Netfly or not Netfly, Netlify. And I asked him, I was like, why haven't you have them as like a sponsor on your show? I said, "I, I use all the, you know, I don't actually use all of them, but I've checked them all out. I said, you should have, you should have them as a sponsor. He's like, you know what? I should have them as a sponsor. He's like, I'm going to contact him right now. So he did. And he was like, yep, they're sponsoring my next show. I was yeah. like, what? How yeah. the heck do you do that? I was like, we can't get sponsors for you know anything. And uh, he's like, yeah, man, you just got to ask. I was like, well, wait a second. What's your listenership? Never mind. Yeah. That's that's the reason. Orders of magnitude larger. That's why he yeah. he he brings in the sponsors. That's right. That's right. And, and rightly so. He does yeah. a great job. All right. What else do we got? What have you been working on, Michael? Well, I mean... I've been on leave for the last three weeks, so nothing. Uh, I go back to work this Tuesday, and I mean, the only thing I've really been doing has been just checking my email, making sure nothing caught fire. Something obviously did catch on fire about a week ago. Dealing with and we're working at an ISP, we deal with 
large volumes of accounting traffic. And if the accounting traffic is not archived in a timely manner, then when we start querying on the data on the you know on the database table that has that accounting data in it, uh, it can get a bit slow. And a lot of that stuff is a bit legacy, so there's no without overlap. So when one thing takes longer than normal to run, and then it runs again, and the first one is still running, and then the second one is still running, and then the third one is still running. And then eventually your SQL server grinds to its knees and is screaming in pain and there are 600 (laughs) PHP processors all doing the same thing on the same table. So, yeah, I don't understand why that archival process is not automated, like just run it every day and archive everything older than three months. So I've just been taking notes. I've been adding things to to Todoist to to Todoist. I think I'm going to – I have to try and make a more – concerted effort to get back on the to-do list and like check in with it and you know actually check things off and add things to it because my team is about to grow we got approval to hire the first week i was on leave for for another developer so i need we need to really start like nailing down some of these things but the the two the two developers we hired at the start of the year shipped their first phase of development to production on Thursday and that all went really well. So I'll have to start integrating those pieces into my pieces and yeah, it's all it's all happening. There's some really exciting stuff happening at work, which I'm looking forward to getting back to. But at the same time, I'm not looking forward to not being at home with Eli. Yeah. So <laughs> Yep. Yep. It's true, man. Yeah. I remember how hard it was for Laura specifically, she'd been home with Graham like our first for like, you know, two months or whatever. It was like, it was horrible. She hated yeah. it. You know, <laughs> had to go back to work. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. So actually when you said that about like the um, the server side sort of thing where these, these concurring or these recurring jobs that were kind of overlapping each other, mm. it reminded me of something that we were working with. So we actually have these, these uh, phone systems where somebody might read a credit card number on the line. Oh, and boy. so we have to make sure that those are redacted and not recorded. Mm-hmm. So we have a, a thing in place where as soon as they enter the number field, like to enter it, like on our form, it pauses the recording huh, on the phone. Cool. And then when they leave the field, it re it starts the call recording again. So you'll see in the call recording, it's blue and then it's gray and then it's blue. And so we, we, you know, then it's, it's for PCI compliance stuff. We can say, yeah, we're not yeah. actually, we don't have that, you know, stored anywhere. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what we found is we were getting a couple errors and I was like, what is happening here? So what was happening is somebody was going into the field, out of the field. So they were like tabbing through it, like tab, tab. And uh-huh. they went past the field and then went back, like shift tab. Uh-huh. And so what it was doing, it was just sending a stop, start, stop. Uh-huh. Right. Like really quickly. Yeah. Well, what would happen is it would say stop. And then it would say, you know, start and it would kind of like get those first two, but then by the third one stop, it's like, okay, okay, okay. I can't do this. Like you got to <laughs> knock it off. And so what would end up happening is it would stop it for like one second and then it would just keep recording. So it actually didn't not, it didn't stop mm-hmm. recording at all. And so what I have to do is I almost have to do sort of like a debounce. Yeah. Where, you know, like example, like you're typing on Google right or something like that and it kind of auto 
like as soon as you stop typing it, it does it completes the search for you. Yeah. Right? But it's not actually making a query out every single time you press a key. It's yeah. like once you stop typing for longer than a second, then it, yeah. then it does the thing. So essentially what I need to do is I don't need, need to debounce that stop, start, stop event. The problem is I can't do it on the client side. So I was originally like, okay, I guess I'll just do it on like the server side, but that's sort of a mess. <laughs> so what we're doing instead is I think we're taking the first event and firing it. And then if we have an, any events that happen within two seconds of that first event, we're throwing them away. Right. So like they hit the stop and it comes in and says stop. And we say, okay, we're good. And then if they send a start command with like within two seconds, we just get that command and we say, has it been at least two seconds since the last call? We say, nope. We say, throw it away. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Just, just continue to stop. And then eventually, you know, when they send a command, the next command that's set with, you know, after two seconds, it will run that one. Right. So, it doesn't solve everything, but at least it solves some of the problem. So we're going to try that out and see how that works. Hmm. But So that's interesting. Yeah. So what, what kind of phone system are you using that you've got that level of control over the recording? That's a great question. I think it's a Cisco. Is it yeah. Cisco? I think it's Cisco. Yeah. But we use a, a phone recording thing called Oasis. It's Oasis mm -hmm. phone recording. So we actually... We had an API built for it, so they have like API ability. But we, I think, we actually contacted the the team and said, "Hey, we need this ability to be able to like make a call, like a very simple call. We want to be able to pass you the extension number mm -hmm. and a, an action of start or stop, and yeah. then you you pause the recording." And yeah. so we actually had them custom build that API for us. Hmm. But that was pretty sweet. So now I can just literally make a single curl request and pause. Nice, interesting. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So in, in as well in that project, I, I used a lot of uh, exceptions because so, like, as you can tell, this is like a highly regulated sort of industry. Mm -hmm. And like, it's very important that I can tell exactly what happened. And if it ever doesn't stop, I need to like let our compliance team know, hey, you need to go scrub this, this yeah. recording, like yeah. go check this out. And so um, I used um, in Laravel, like you can have custom report or render mm -hmm. uh, methods on an on a exception. Yeah. So when you throw an exception, if it has a render or a report method inside the exception, it will it will call those report and render methods instead of sending it to the handler.php. Yeah. And having to do version checking and all that stuff if you want to handle it a special way. So I used those, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, because you disappeared for some time, I actually need to wrap up now because I'm going to my first football game since Eli was born six weeks ago. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Gotta awesome, get man. Sounds but, uh, great. It was good to to catch up and and get one of these out. We'll, uh, I mean, people will hear this at the end of the recording, I suppose. But this will be out in time for your commute to Laracon. I'll try and knock it out when I come back from the footy tonight and uh, have it ready for tomorrow. Did you know Aaron yeah, is you... going to be in the United States this week? I did not. Where's he, he going to be? He's only going to LA. He's going to to the baseball and he's going to Disneyland. I said, how are you going to be oh, in in the States the week of Laracon and not actually go to Laracon? <laughs> oh, I don't have enough time. I'm going to, nuts to you. He's going to watch the Angels <laughs> play baseball. So, um, uh, and get plastered probably, but you know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> as long as he gets back to work uh, on Monday, uh, that he can do whatever he wants next week. <laughs> That's right. We love you, Aaron. 
All right, everyone. This is episode 46. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the episode, please feel free to rate us up in iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Five stars is all we're accepting. If you put in anything other than five stars, we will hunt you down. We will send David Hemphill after you. And I mean, here's the deal. If you're really feeling like salty, just go over to dads and dev and just rate a one star. I mean, that's totally fine. Get it out of your system. Just head over there, put a one star on their podcast. Totally fine. That's right. We're good with that. Uh, if you have any ideas for the show or questions you'd like us to answer, please feel free to talk to us on Twitter at Michael Dorinda or at Jacob Bennett. And you can find show notes for this episode at northmeetsouth.audio slash 46. Beautiful. Um, the one other thing you might find in this episode, uh, if you haven't already, is chapter markers, possibly. We'll see. That's a cool new thing Michael's been doing. So thanks, yeah. Michael. No worries. And you don't just leave all the bad stuff in here this time. Don't worry about it. I know you've got stuff to work on so you know, <laughs> and a baby to worry about. So just leave it all in here. He's all right. He's all right. No worries. <laughs> all right. Well, enjoy uh, Laracon, Jake. Enjoy Laracon. Thanks, man. All of our listeners. Try not to spoil Nova for me before I figure out what it is for myself. Just we have, for those of you who are interested in attending a Laracon, Laracon AU has less than 30 early bird tickets on sale. I have secured our second to last speaker and I'm working on our last speaker. So whether the tickets sell out or the, or, the, or the speakers are announced, I don't know which will happen first, but those tickets will be running out soon. Uh, I'm getting pretty excited about that. So help us make it a great first first event so that we can you know have another one. Keep um, doing yeah, it. On that note, we will speak to you all, I won't say two weeks, because who knows but we'll speak to you next time yeah (laughs) sounds good bye everybody